sauce. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source and this show, we are going to be doing our 2021 ladder predictions. Hey guys, this is one of my favourite shows because it's the one time that actually there's no proof there and we, 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 get, we get to <laughs> flog our opinions and we get to say how good the certain teams are and how bad they are. And we always say we revisit them at the end of the year, but you know what, Pez? We never do, so I go off, uh, normally, you know, you go off unscathed and you don't have to worry about how wrong you were about all your predictions. No, no, we definitely <laughs> definitely look at them at the end of the year. They're there. They're on our socials. They'll be posted uh, before round one and our ladder predictions. Um, I, I don't know how you went with this. I've, I've gone a bit of a different um, steer this year and it's always so hard to, to pick the ladder. You don't know which teams are going to jump out of the eight, which teams are going in, which teams are going to compete, so... I've gone a tier system, not to give anything away, um, with my ladder, and uh, very interesting stuff. It is really interesting. It's very interesting when you talk to people about how they go about their, their ladder predictors because you get one team wrong or you misjudge how good they are, it can stuff up your whole system because the team, you know, you think they're going to get these wins against, you know, those 50-50 teams or, the, you know, as you're saying, the top-tier teams. I don't run it that way. I normally have my top four. I would say these are my top four teams. These are my bottom four teams. And then I have obviously I go I guess I do have tiers I have you know sets of four the the top four the the the, the ones that are about to make you know in the mix for the eight, and then I when I go through I go to uh, predictor.squiggle.com.au great website we used it last year I need to give it a plug Piers because it's fantastic, and then I just go if the top team is playing a bottom tier team well then they win by thirty points or they <laughs> win by twenty points or they win by ten points or if it's a fifty fifty game and I've got two teams on the same tier I make note. Make sure that they they split those games if they play each other. How many example. games you got North uh, winning in that? I'm going to yeah. give anything away. Not, <laughs> not going to give anything not away. Anything away. No. But it was great to have footy back last uh, weekend. Source we had uh, some preseason games, some some really decent hitouts, some hitouts that were just training drills. Uh, <laughs> but the worst thing about preseason games all the time is injuries, especially the ones that are long term. The players work so hard over preseason, over Christmas to get right. Round one's nearly here what they play for, and then it goes, boom, yeah. see you later. Yeah, it's exactly what you feel about round four when you've stuffed up and you put all the pre-season work into your ladder, mate, and by round four you've already stuffed it for the whole year because, you know, you've got North Melbourne winning, winning the premiership as, as usual and they've won four straight. And uh, I, I hope we've got new <laughs> listeners tonight. And the new listeners are going to think, um, I don't know what I'm talking about here, but uh, the, the listeners that are loyal, they know... Uh, my ladder's not the one that stuffs up and, and sources. He's trying to get the dig in early. Hey, you got to try and get the dig in, mate. New year, new me. What is that? That's the saying. But you, you got are, another chance. Yeah. You are right, though. It's really disappointing for some of those players, and they were some really big injuries over the weekend from players that were, you know, really on the cusp of having big seasons. They were part of teams that it would, you know, most people would see as contenders, and it's really disappointing because, especially when it happens to a young player, we had we saw, you know, Cam Rayner go down. He's out for the season, which is was really. Um, Really, really tragic for him because he's, you know, he's one of those players who's been on the cusp of really exploding, and I, and I think a lot of people had him as a really breakout season with, the, with that addition to the four line. Yeah, def- definitely this year with um, his like consistency with playing as well. He was always picked um, one of the coach's favourites, and and to do that, do that knee early on. Um, Players have come back from it and, and performed. Christian Petrarca, for example, yep. um, came back and bounced back. These days, uh, 2021, 
the, the surgeons are good, the, the rehab's good, and they've, they've got all the things there ready to go. It still doesn't take away the fact that you're taking out a whole season from a young man's career where, where footy careers don't last forever. Yeah, and you're right. It's, it's an industry that's generally a three or four or five-year career, uh, and there's not enough money in it, and it's, it's tolling on your body and totally on a lot of other things as well. You know, Obviously, you put everything into footy for not only since you, you become an AFL player, but... You know, you, you know Cam. You know Cam personally, there, Pez, and uh, he would have been working hard since he was probably about twelve years old. It was a lifelong dream, and to have two pretty decent sort of seasons, and then jump into, oh, for any footballer to jump into an early part of your career, and you're ready for it, and then you, well, that's all you want to do is play football, and then, not not that it would make a difference to him, but Brisbane being where they are, yeah, that being ready too. to contend as well, mm-hmm. um, he'd be he'd be itching, and he would want to be back by finals, but if there's any any chance of anything happening, I wouldn't risk it, and I'd come back and I'd I'd make sure I'm right before that happens. So, um, any of the other injuries, any of the big ones, we might mention throughout our ladder prediction source, and uh, we're going to go the old uh, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yes. Before we get into a pez, a question without notice, we didn't really mention it on um, our last show when we talked about the new rules. We sort of touched over it. Able to see the the 50 meter penalty in full flight and how much it opens up the game. I have to go back on it, mate. I wasn't a big fan of how it was being officiated in those, you know, the the practice games. Uh, but actually seeing it in the Amy Amy Community Series Cup, you know, something that St Kilda really tried hard to, to win. Um, <laughs> I was just a wizard. wizard Did cup. they win? No, nah, no. Nah. I think Port, Port Adelaide went undefeated and they, they finished on top, so they took out the season. Everyone only had one <laughs> game. Did Port Adelaide win by the most? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. They, they took out the, um, the season. Um, what did you think of it, Pez? Because... The, the rule for people who are, didn't get to see any games on the weekend is that you're not allowed to move lateral, backwards or anything. And once you have been told by the umpire to stand on the mark, you are not allowed to move. What did you? Obviously, you watched some of the football. What did you think of it? No, it, I don't like it. I, I know it opens up the game and you, you get more forward entries and things like that. But I, I actually love a tight contested game where they're, they're stopping that. And the, the more skillful teams are the ones that get, get through. Um, traditionally, uh, growing up with footy and having it change all the time, it just gets really annoying and, and old for me. So um, I know I'll still love footy and I'll, I'll get used to it and um, it'll become the norm, but it, it makes other things pretty tough, your, your predictions and things, because it could suit some teams more than others de- depending on their runs. So um, for me, it's still a no, but I think it's something we're going to have to live with. Yeah, you're right. It's something that I am still 50-50 on. And after seeing it in operation and listening to a lot of experts talk about it, you are right. It definitely opens up the game a lot more. It definitely favours teams that are great at rebounding, uh, you know, coming off that, that that switch of the football. And those fast-running teams really, really blew teams out of the water. Did we see a rise in scoring? In some games, yes. In other games, poor skill level is still going to be um, the, the product of goals. And there are a few teams in the league that the skill level is just not going to result in that. And, and, you know, those fast turnovers sometimes actually make the game look more stra- scrappy because it goes back and forth, back and forth. But yep. it definitely opened it up. I'm not going to harp on too much about it, but I can't wait to see how it develops during the season. And hopefully it doesn't cost anyone, a, a, you know, a, a chance of winning a game because that's what we saw last year when they brought in those new rules. Yeah, well, I, I don't like new rules. I know they've had to change things like to protect their head and things like that. And they've got to do what they've got to do. But in some cases, you've just got to go, you know what, our game's great. Let's leave it as is. The coaches are always going to try and be defensive. That's natural. But so we're just trying to stop that. So the coaches do one thing and then 
the, the AFL has to go, all right, what can we do to make more scoring? And then the coaches will stop that. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go, what can we do to make more scoring? What will our game look like in 10 to 15 years? Not happy with that. Love the AFL now, though. So our letter prediction, get excited. Let's get into it, Pez. All right, 18th, am I starting? You can start, Pez. That's why I said let's get into oh, it, Oh, can we do first through to 18th? I want to build the anticipation for putting North last. <laughs> no. So you've already <laughs> ruined it. So let's let's uh, get it over and done with. Uh, for all North Melbourne supporters, the next 40 seconds is going to be absolutely horrible. Pez, go easy, please, mate. No, I've got two strengths and a weakness for them. Okay. Oh, here we go. Two strengths, yeah? These are going to be sarcastic. No, not sarcastic. <laughs> I'm being dead so serious. Finally started a rebuild. Yep. Really big tick. Um, new coach starting from scratch. Really, really love it about North. Um, and their biggest weakness is they've got the weakest list in the AFL. So uh, have fun on the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, I've gone a different way, Pez. I've gone 18th being Adelaide. Uh, I thought they were absolutely trash on uh, during the Amy Cup. I do agree with what you're saying, North, and, and I'm going to just spoil it here. That's why I've got them 17th, and I bet you've got Adelaide 17th. Correct. Yep. Uh, I, I just think that they, they scrape in a couple more wins. Um, Adelaide, whilst their list is... Well, North's list, while it is, is not very great and they're probably the worst list, they do have a little bit more experience in positions that matter. I think they've Goldstein. Got, yeah, they've got Todd Goldstein in the ruck. They've got some, you know, like uh, Luke McDonald who goes through the middle. He started to put in a couple more uh, more consistent efforts. They've got uh, Yuganaki or whatever his name is through the middle that they've been harping on for the last couple of years. They've got some decent sort of strength around that forward line. They're still going to get scored on a lot, but I think that Adelaide, they're just... A lot younger than North Melbourne. Oh well, there's our first disagreement. I'll tell you the reason I've put um, Adelaide above North, not because North is trash, but uh, Adelaide, they're going to have half of their games at home where teams are travelling, and I think they're going to be able to pick up one or two wins there. Whereas North, it's very hard to see them actually winning a game. Yeah, I, I only had them winning two wins. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly right, and I've, and I think they split. I split. They split one against Adelaide, and I think I gave them one against you know uh, like a. I think I can't remember what I did. I, I think mean, it was one of those. Be generous. I think it was it was one of those Melbourne teams. You know, one of those like a uh, one of the other Melbourne teams that are down the bottom. So speaking of, of moving our way up, sixteenth uh, pairs. Let's let's keep it moving. Let's not let's not focus about the teams well, that. Uh, I'll tell you those two teams. They're my bottom tier, and then I've got a little line there to separate the next two teams, which would be my fifth tier. So my next two, I'll round out the bottom four for you, Sauce. I've got the Hawks mm-hmm. all the way down at 17th in Alistair Clarkson's uh, final season of his contract. And Essendon, Essendon supporters will not be happy with that, but a bottom four finish for me. If you think Essendon fans are not going to be finished, I've got them 15th. The 16th, I've got a bigger supporter base that are not going to be happy. Not Hawthorne. The Pies. The Pies. I think the drop-off from the Pies is going to be astronomical. I've got them finishing 16th. For one, the teams that are around them, like, you know, the, the, the bigger teams like Melbourne, Carlton, Richmond, Geelong, the Doggies, they'll play all those teams twice. And for me, that's that's eight losses just there and then. They always are going to get teams wanting to play big against Collingwood because they bring in that big crowd. I just think that their list is really struggling. We saw the drop-off last year. Last year, we, we, we sort of expected them to hang around. Their off-season really, really depleted the club, I think. And I think it raises a lot of questions about the leadership there as well. They still have a couple of absolute superstars. Oh, I think, And I think that's why I had them a little bit higher than you, Source. Um, I actually had them just outside the top four, so just above Essendon there. So I think we've swapped those two over. <laughs> um, but the reason I've, I've done that is they've got uh, Scott Pendlebury, who I think yeah, will still champion. go there. Still side bottom, who's probably their best player. Um, Dacos on the wing. Grundy in the middle, uh, and they've got a couple of really good defenders. Darcy Moore, 
Uh, and if if he can uh, keep keep on the field, Jeremy Howe, uh, my All Australian pick from our earlier <laughs> show, um, go from there as well. But the Hawks, I just feel like they don't have it this season. Source they're they're going to beat up on some teams. They're going to have a surprise win maybe once throughout the season, but. Their list and what's happened over the summer, I think all the other teams have just surpassed them. So everyone else that I've got over them. Uh, so Hawthorne down there at 16th and 15th Essendon. I think losing Saad as a running back, really important decision, uh, position, sorry, really important position, especially with that new rule, how he can just run off that back line at Carlton over there. And oh, Joe Danaher going up as well. I, I think that's really hurt the club. I don't see absolute superstars there at that club. So I've got them bottom four and then Collingwood to round out the bottom five. You wouldn't have thought a few years ago, Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon in the bottom five as nah, a prediction. No, nah, and North Melbourne fan, fans wouldn't have thought that they were down there too. That's when they were vying for their, their premiership. Uh, North haven't <laughs> been doing that for a while. Yeah, I mean, the Essendon one's a little bit interesting because I've, I've got them as the, as the next team up there. Sorry, the 15th, sorry. So 15th. They're a team that really needed to start a rebuild well, they, but the team that their list has been all right, and I think that they've lent into the rebuild. They've got a decent sort of midfield there. They're, they're, they're one of those teams that can either finish 15th or that they'll, they'll somehow shock everyone and finish 7th. Like, I've been on Essendon for the last, what, five years ever since we started this pod, Pez? And every Always time, you have. Every time I rate their list. And even still when I'm looking at this list here, I'm like, you know what? No. I think Finster's given you a bit of money to, to nah. talk Essendon <laughs> up. He's a big Essendon fan. But uh, they they look they they run a decent sort of uh, running game when they are up and about. The, the skill level is just not there. Losing Danaher, I don't know where their goals are going to come from. I know I know Peter Wright looked all right. Tip and Woody's just not a like a stay at home forward. He's too exciting to just stay down there. Hopefully they move Dar- Darcy Parish into that middle and they can get some more um some more some more midfield generated. You know you still got Zach Merritt who's an absolute champion. I was listening to a podcast today. They said that Zach Merritt's going to win the Brownlow next year. Which means they obviously have Essendon winning a lot more games than I do and yourself, Pez, but really interesting that one. Uh, yeah, so I had them finishing 15th. Yeah, look, you, we can be wrong, but that's that's the thing that happens. That rounds out our bottom five. Now, the bottom, the Hawthorne Essendon, 15th and 16th, they were my tier five teams, and Collingwood's just at the bottom of my tier four team source. Finishing, tier one being the highest. Finishing, finishing 14th, you've got them finishing? Finishing 14th. Yeah, so well, and I've swapped them with Hawthorne. So yep. I think Hawthorne from the weekend watching them, they've got a couple of nice little uh, – well, one, they're, they're easily one of the best team, best coaches. They've got the best coach in the league, right? Uh, their talent alone isn't going to be enough, but some of the young players they've got and the system that they run, we always have this debate, system versus talent. Yep. It'll be enough to, to, to win those close games. They'll play like Melbourne when Melbourne have a you know one of their shockers and they'll knock them off and Carlton, they'll knock them off. They'll, they'll keep close with some teams when they're having a bad game and they'll probably beat the bottom four teams. So that'll get, me th- that'll get them through to 14th. But yeah, I, it's very interesting that we've got the exact same sort of teams down that bottom five. Uh, so that's good so far, Piz. That's, that's, <laughs> not, that's good for us so far. The exact same bottom five. I'll be interested to see all the other letter predictions that do come out. But this is my most interesting tier coming up, Source. This uh, tier four where I do have Collingwood at the bottom of all that teams. I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven te- teams in this tier. Yeah, and I, I think this tier for me goes a little bit bigger. But I think there's... There's two two parts of it. They're the teams that are, are probably a year or the bottom part of my tier. So probably fourteen to tenth, probably fourteenth to or fourteenth to twelfth. So there's three teams in there that are probably two years away. Their list is young. They've got they'll have a nice favourable draw. 
teams won't plan for them yet, so they'll sneak a couple of wins. All right, well, let's get into the teams. We've got our bottom five complete. I'll start at my 13th source. Interested to see who you've got. I've gone for Melbourne. I've gone for Sydney. Sydney. Okay, so I've got Sydney at 12. I've got uh, Fremantle at 12. Fremantle at 12. All right, so Melbourne. The then reason I've, Then I've got Melbourne above that. So, so yeah, again, the, probably the, the same three. The reason I put them at 13th, their forward line, I still think it's going to be an issue with Ben Brown. Um, Christian Petrarca is probably their best forward, but he's also one of their best midfielders as well. So uh, the preseason game wasn't much to go off because they did have a lot of midfielders out and they couldn't win the footy out of there to get it forward. So we haven't seen that forward line in action yet. Tom McDonald probably has to step up as that second forward. Uh, but Benny Brown, he's just not a contested marker. I don't know how he's going to go. You've got Bailey Fritch down there. You've got all the other goal kickers with Melksham. Uh, they don't really have the big key forward. So if Ben Brown can kick 50, 60 goals, they're going to finish a lot higher than that. But I'm going to tip a bit of a decline in Melbourne and they're not going to continue to go forward. Simon Goodwin on the outer, I, that has just not worked. Uh, so I don't see how that's going to go. Uh, I think I saw Mark Williams has, has gone there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they, they spoke about him. They spoke about the cultural Hawthorne there. And yep. it's really interesting listening to Melbourne the Melbourne um, commentary after the, the their loss against the Doggies and they got absolutely belted, they were talking it up like they were meant to be a top side. And when I saw Melbourne versus the Doggies, you compare the lists there. And I know Melbourne had a lot of players out, but they were talking about it like they are expecting to make top eight. Even I, I full strength lists. I know that they just missed out last year. And you look at their list and, and whenever they're full, full strength – they, they, they should be vying for a top eight, but the skill level is just not there. And the biggest issue is what you said is their best forward is Petrarca. Their best midfield is Petrarca. He can't kick it to himself, and that's the issue, is that they don't have people to kick the goals. And they've tried to fix it. You've got to give them kudos. They've tried yeah, to fix yeah, it by have, getting Ben have, Brown yeah. for cheap. But I've got him at 13th. I don't know many Melbourne supporters at all, and um, I've just got him down there. Just, I just don't believe it, Sauce. Yeah, I don't believe in him. I've got him 11th because they play some of those big games at the MCG and I think that that nice sort of mix of of, uh, of, of talent and that middle range talent because they're not very young still. They've got a lot of players that are in that prime of their career like Brayshaw and Petrarca and uh, the other the other midfielder that they've got for around Oliver. there. Oliver. Like that, 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 they're three players that when they first came on the scene, we were talking about all Australians forever. Now they're in their prime. That should be enough for them to beat some of those bottom teams and make them competitive. As you said, they can work out their forward line. They'll be all right. Um, I said that I had uh, Sydney there, and I think that Sydney surprised a lot of people last year. They've got an amazing list. And what's promising about Sydney is that they've got so many players under the age of 25 that are are elite, like Isaac Heaney, Papley. Did you realise Papley was 24 years old? Gun. Absolute gun, like, you know, our man Isaac Heaney, you've got Papley, then you've got some of those those midfielders coming through, you've got Mills, you've got um, you got Blakey there, Ollie Florence, you've got Jordan Dawson there, you've got um, Rampy's probably, he's a bit older now, but, like, that's where they've got that nice sort of mix of experience and youth coming through. They play an exciting brand of football. They're, do you know what they are? They're the uh, Charlotte Hornets in the NBA. They're your league, their league pass team. They're that team that they're exciting to Especially watch. Especially buddies on the field. But do you know what the scary thing is? Once Buddy is actually out, they're going to have so much salary cap to snag someone big and those young kids that are starting to fire now, they're going to be in that prime of the career where Melbourne should be. The problem is Melbourne doesn't have any money to go and get someone. So Buddy comes off the books, they're going to get this nice big forward to replace it and they're going to be primed up for uh, for back into the to the mix for, you know, 
premiership contention. Well, the reason I had him at 12 is just the buddy factor because without him, they're, they're going to struggle still. I think they need some more years of development, but put Buddy in Their there. Their forward gonna, line's not bad, though. Like They're going to win more games than Melbourne and Collingwood. Yeah. The likes. Like Sam Reid and Sam Wicks, the, the two Sams up there, they showed, they showed some decent potential there when Papley started to get that number one defender. Uh, they, they've got a couple of people that pop up and, and they kick some goals. You know, you got your mate, uh, Robbie Fox. Like, he's an absolute gum coming off that half-back. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but <laughs> one of the worst in the league. I hope he can... Um, I hope you can continue and uh, and build on that, but um, you don't like seeing the ball in Robbie Fox's hands if you're a Sydney supporter. All right, speaking of teams that you don't want to have them in their in their hands, who did you have for what are we up to now? Twelfth. Well, twelve was my Sydney, so, oh, that's so why I was for me for then. me it was their Fremantle. So, um, and I'm guessing you had Fremantle at the next one up. At no, no, a little bit higher. So for, for me, with Fremantle, they're the team that um, I think that they snuck a, a few wins last year, not only through the defence, but through that aspect of that most teams thought they were going to be trash. Most people thought that they were going to be down the bottom four, and they just didn't plan for them. They got the, the Subiaco over, or whatever they call it now. What is it? SBS Stadium. SBS. That's really hard to play in. They are a really strong, young defence. They've got one of the best footballers in the league coming back off an injury. They, they need to organise their ruck situation. Um, but other than that, they, they don't have a forward line. They've got uh, McWalters down there. He's probably their number one forward. But outside of that, I don't know where a lot of their goals are coming from. They had um, it was Tabernar last year that really Tabernar, sort of, yep. that, that again came out of the, the, the gun really early. But then people started to work out, okay, well, he's, he's their number one forward. We've got to tag or we've got to you know, defend. So I think that they last year they, they snuck a few games that they shouldn't have got because people just did, underestimated them and they kept the game low scoring. Now people know that they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. They'll plan for that. They'll go in with that with a game plan, and, and that'll sort of slide on the decline with some of their wins. I, I just think uh, I, I don't have them much higher. I've got them at 10th, so fighting for that spot in the eight. Um, just with Nathan Fife there, one of my favourite players to watch, he's just, he's just so good. And if he's in the game, you've got a chance to win. Uh, their weakness is, is their forward line, as you said, Sauce. They've got yeah, Tabernar and, and Walters to come back in. But... I think they're young players as well. And the way they were coached last year, I really enjoyed watching Fremantle games and I really like where they're going. So uh, Chera and Aish on the wing. Brennan Cox found his, found his form in defence as a centre-half back there. Joel Hamling is a premiership defender and Luke Ryan cuts off those intercept marks and, and kicks it forward. But um, a big gap in their, in their forward line. But uh, I think they can get enough wins. I'm going a, a little bit... Bias with the you know the travel over to Fremantle as well. Uh, they didn't finish that high last year, so I think they get a favourable draw and uh, pick up some wins over there that would be 50-50 games elsewhere. Yeah, most definitely. All right, so eleventh, I, I had Melbourne. You sort of touched on Melbourne a little bit. I, I think I just had them a little bit higher, not much higher. I think like you know all these teams here, I had finishing on eight wins, so it's it's, it's just a little bit of percentage yeah, boost. Yep. Realistically, as I said, I think that they've they're at that age group right now. They're midfield where they are meant to in the, the prime of their career. The problem with Melbourne is that they never took that next step. They were no good. They showed promise. They get, became consistent, but they never took that next step. Um, you know, like James Harms, he's one of those players that needs to take the next step. They've got one of the best ruckmen in the, in the league in Max Gorn, but he needs to start to play more down defence, and, they, and they're actually experimenting with him being a bit of a forward target as well. So as you said, a positive for Melbourne is they're trying. They're trying to fix the deficiencies. And if they can work out how to score they're really going to project up because last year they led the league in inside 50s. They led the led, they also led the league in uh, inside 50 turnovers <laughs> like because they just bomb it in there and it just continually goes to the wrong spot. So if they can get that together, they're going to be a team that, is, that you know, once they can work out how to score, they're going to win games, common sense there. But I just don't see them working that out this year. 
Well, that's the thing. And uh, I've had Fremantle up there. So there's one team missing source. It'll be a surprise for some people, but I've got them at 11th. Again, I just don't believe that they're coming. The Carlton Footy Club, uh, 11th again. Now, looking at their list and, and looking at what the, what who they should play, I, th- I think they're improving. But I still think they've got some weaknesses around the group, uh, around the ground. Paddy Cripps, great in the middle. Jacob Wiedering, amazing defender down back. Sam Doherty, is he getting on a bit uh, in years? Petrescu Seaton, is he going to um, evolve and not turn the ball over as much? Saad off the back line is a great get. Um, but Casbolt, he's a good mark, but can he kick? Sam Walsh, amazing in the middle. Uh, if Charlie Kerno can come back, that might fix a little bit of that, but we're, we're not sure of that. Pitt Nets had to take over the ruck. Um, but if you've got uh, Jack Silvani and, say, a Jack Noons in your best 22, I, I just don't rate the club. <laughs> just the club. <laughs> just, <laughs> not just the team, the club. I just You're dead to me. Like it. <laughs> That's a bit harsh to rate, rate, rate the club. Like every every team has their deficiencies and has players that probably are that you know that they've got holes that they need to plug. But you hate that they're not not worth the club. Is that what you say? Well, I, I, they're not worth a, a spot on the list. I wouldn't have thought. But um, Zach Williams, he did get suspended in that um, series before. And what, he, what did you think of that? Uh, I don't know. They're trying to make a stance before the season or something. I don't know. It, it wasn't that bad, but I heard a lot of commentators saying like you know two two three weeks. Yeah, no, just give him a week. He's he actually misses a week of the real AFL stuff. So yeah. it's it's a pretty big penalty in my eyes. And um, he'll come back and onto into the midfield. They're going to try and play him, which is weird because I've never seen him as a midfielder in that GWS stacked side of previous years. But um, it'll be interesting to see how they mould together and if they can kick higher scores. Their problem last year, they went on a, a couple of runs where they kick four or five goals in a row. Yeah, but then they get six or seven kicked against them in a run. So. They've got to they've got to grow up a bit and do that. And I've got them eleventh, um, possibly finish a little bit higher. And um, I don't think competing for the eight yet. I've got them fighting for the last spot in the eight. I've got, look, we'll talk about them now. I've got them finishing at the moment, right on eighth. And on my ladder, it's point nine of a percent difference. They're in the eight. I've got them finishing eighth because I think, as you said, they went and got some players. For me, it has to be Carlton have to make the make it make the eight, or it's been a failure. That, that's the pressure that they've got on them. They're, as you said, they had some really good patches in games. When they're at their best football, they are really good to watch and they look disgustingly hard to stop. The issue is that their best football and their worst football comes in the same game. and it's Same like, quarter. It's like 10, minutes, like 10 minutes away. Do you remember watching the, the Melbourne game where they piled on the first eight goals of the game? It was as a game of two halves, that one. Two halves. They were down at quarter time after kicking the first eight. That should not happen ever, ever. That's disgusting football, and I think that there would have been a lot of things addressed. They went and picked up a nice backman, in, you know, in, in Adam Saad. He'll offer some great sort of their back line is really good. Adam Saad, Liam Jones, Sam Doherty. That, that's an amazing halfback. Um, you know, their forward line. Jack Martin offered some some flashes of greatness. You've got uh, Eddie Betts there. Their midfield is elite. Patrick Cribbs, Paddy Dow. I think Mackay can can do something for them this year and be their leading goal kicker um, as a target up there. But um, I don't see Levi Casbolt kicking that many goals, and I don't see where all their other goals are actually coming from. That's my issue. I'm really them. interested to see how that the, the Zach Williams experiment goes. But anyway, Pez, that, I've got them finishing a lot higher than that. I guess we move on to uh, that's that was your eleventh, so we move on to tenth. Yeah, so my tenth was Fremantle, who I've already spoken about as well. So the reasons why they're finishing that high, and then interestingly enough. We've got most of the same teams still alive, source. So 
Um, just go through quickly for the listeners to recap. Go through 10 to 14 of your ladder. Well, I haven't taught my 10th team, but 11th I've got Melbourne, 12th is Fremantle, 13th is Sydney, 14th is Hawthorne, Essendon, Collingwood, North and the Crows. Oh, set to 14th, but yeah, if you want to go all of it, that's fine. Sorry, Pez, as usual, I just didn't listen. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll go, 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 go through yours, mate. Okay, we've got 10th, Fremantle, 11, Carlton, 12, Sydney, 13, Melbourne, 14, Collingwood, and then we've got the bottom four. We don't need to worry about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, though, Pez. It is very interesting because we've got very sort of similar sort of ladders. Really interested to see how your top eight uh, finishes up and who rounds out that top eight. Let's get things kicked off with uh, our 10th team. Well, I've already gone through my 10th, mate. I've gone through all my teams. It's yeah. your 10th team. For me, this is one of the, the three teams that I think are really vying for that 8th spot. As I said, I had two teams that were very clear-cut for 8th and ninth. This team, uh, if they can continue the promising form that they show in the first three games of the AFL season every single year, <laughs> they'll be great. Uh, I, I watched them on the weekend. They play against... Um, they played Brisbane. against Brisbane, and they were very exciting to watch. They, I think this uh, man-on-the-mark rule is really going to affect them because they are a young, exciting side. I am talking about my favourite team in the AFL outside <laughs> of Geelong, the Gold Coast Suns. I think that they are – majority of that list is primed for AFL uh, AFL football. They're, they're right at their, their great patch of their careers. Some of their, their – their, they're just stacked – with young talent like Ainsworth, King, Sexton, who kicked six on the weekend, Lockie Weller, Hugh Greenwood, Noah Anderson, Lacocious, that you've got Bowers, Budridge, and uh, what's the other bloke's name? Uh, the main guy that was the uh, assistant coach, Matty Rowe. If he can have <laughs> assistant, he can have an absolute consistent start to the season and play a whole 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 year. Think about how good he was. He had nine votes at the end of round four. Nine votes in yeah. his first year of football. If yeah, he can put crazy. together a whole year. He won, he won three of those games himself. You know, he plays the whole year. I think he can easily get eight wins off his own back. Then you've got our main man up forward, Pez. You've got Isaac Rankin, mate. He's <laughs> going to kick goal of the year seven times in the one year, and he's going to kick uh, four points of the year. But uh, I think that they, he, I think they're going to be really fighting close for a top eight spot. And if they can win some of those games at the, the Gold Coast, they're trying to make it a fortress. They're trying to make it hard to play up there. That should sneak them in. But at the moment... 10th, I think they're one year away from making the eight. Well, look at that. I've only got nine teams left and I've still got your Gold Coast Suns left source. So I've got them finishing higher than you. So you'd be excited about that. I'll, I'll speak about them when I actually have them in my letter source. Oh, that excites me, Pez. That <laughs> excites me that you've got, it, you've, got them in the, you've got them in the eight. Yes, I love it. Get around the Gold Coast Suns. But my ninth place finish, which I'm, I'm surprised that you've got up there in the eight. I don't see them going too high in your eight source, but GWS uh, losing Jeremy Cameron not uh, continuing, having that window where they were vying for the premiership. And and now I know they've got the talent there, but do they have the fight and do they have the will? I just I see them declining and missed out on the finals last year. I can't see them getting back with all the other teams that are above them. There's seven that are definitely above them, but from eight to my 14, they're all the ones vying for that final spot. Yeah, I, I found them the hardest team easily to, to play. So I've got them... I got them finishing seventh, um, but they're a team that easily could could finish second last. Like they've got the talent there, they've got superstars at almost every spot. I think having Taranto there and Canelio there for the, for the whole year will be really good. They seem to picked up a couple of nice um, nice recruits. Their their forward line they're going to have Riccardi up there kicking some goals. Um, I just don't know, Pez. I, I, I 
you look at that list, you look at that talent, and you're like, your window's still open. I see, and I've been the biggest Jodiverse believer over the past few years, and even last year, you know, when they weren't in the eight and they were fighting for it, their list was just too good not not to go with it. But they couldn't get the ball down to Jeremy Cameron. They always had to send him up to to the half back and the wing to to get the footy, and now he's not even there. So I don't know what they're going to do. Harry Himmelberg's not a first forward. Jake Riccardi's too young to be that first forward. Toby Green's going to be their first option but he's also a gun midfielder as well so I just don't see where their goals are coming from Phil Davis is a good one-on-one defender but you know does he does he help out the team in in all those aspects Um, being one of the ex-captains of the club as well Haynes amazing intercept marker and things like that but Cali Canilio uh, Ward I don't know if he's getting on it on a bit Um, and Hopper and Taranto really good midfield uh, Bruce hopefully can play some games and actually get a number one ruck spot. I don't know why he went to Melbourne under Max Gorn. That was a stupid decision, I'd say. You, you can't see Mumford c- containing that that number one ruck spot. No, well, I don't. I don't think Mumford's there to retain it. I think he's there to uh, as a backup again. Uh, he's already retired once as well. So yeah. Uh, <sighs> see, but for, for me, as, as I, I said last it. week on the show, Piers, Haynes, Whitfield, Kelly, Canelio, and. Toby Green, Taranto, seven potential at their best, not even debating all Australians. Yeah, I think Jeremy Cameron's too big a loss. I think that they get enough goals from sort of Finlayson, Himmelberg, you know, Riccardi, if he, you know, hopefully Hogan can give him 10, 15 goals and can stay fit. That's, that's the one big if. If Hogan can replace Jeremy Cameron and they can actually get the ball inside 50. Because they get the, they get the ball in there, there a lot. They get the ball in there a lot. The oh. problem was last year is that the, the Jeremy Cameron was leading to the wrong spots. Yeah, and last year I feel like they they didn't get the ball in there enough source last year. They they had it 34 times instead of 50. If they have it 50 times, they win with that forward line last year. This I'm not I'm not so sure about. I've got them finishing ninth. I've got them competing for those spots. But yeah, that's uh, that rounds out my bottom ten. Your bottom ten. All right. Well, uh, that sort of I've got two teams now that are, that are in the eight, and you haven't got them there. They're outside your eight. So we're going to have two teams different in our eight, which is really exciting. Oh, and your ninth team, Pez. Oh, that was my ninth team. Oh, your ninth team. Oh, well, mine's my ninth team. Uh, that, as I said, the team that I had equal finishing eighth, basically, and just by percentage missed out. I spoke about this last week, Pez. You already know where I'm going with this one. It's the West Coast Eagles. I normally would say that they win half their games because of the Perth factor, and that's exactly what I've got them. I've got them winning eleven games, and to me, eleven games is just on the cusp of the eighth. It's not going to get you a guaranteed final spot. And the teams that they play at home this year, uh, they play Western Bulldogs, Brisbane, Geelong, Port Adelaide, Richmond, all over there in Perth. So they're going to be not just walk-up starts. They'll probably beat a couple of teams down the, down the bottom. I just don't see it. I think last year was a sign of things to come, and they're starting to decline. I know that they're, what, four years removed from a premiership? Four years removed? No. Three, three years removed from, from a premiership. I just don't see it, Pez, this year, and I don't know why. You never need to get this gut feeling, and no matter how many times you look at the list, you're like, I just can't see the wins. I just can't that's, see it. That's unbelievable, and I can't talk about West Coast yet, but when I do talk about West Coast, I, um, yeah, I'm going to have to obviously disagree with oh, you course, because yeah. I've got them in the finals and you don't, so yeah. be interesting to see who has the last laugh towards the end of the season. No, I mean, it'll be probably you, but it's, I, just, <laughs> I just can't see it. Like, you know, we always say, you know what, they win at least half their games, and normally with their, they play a lot of those, you know, the teams that are struggling over there, you know, they play Fremantle twice, so... Look, it, it's hard. I can't, <laughs> it's too I can't hard. not speak about them now, so... Um, 
I think they're strong all over the ground source. Tom Barras, Jeremy McGovern as, as their two big key defenders. Brad Shepard, uh, Shannon Hearn as well down there. Liam Duggan off the wing and Andrew Gaff being amazing. Tim Kelly in that middle uh, along with Shuey Domsheed and Elliot Yo is injured and yet to come back. So when he comes back to that team, Nick Natnui stays fit. Amazing midfield. The forward line, Jack Darling, Josh Kennedy. Yes, they're getting a little bit older, but geez, they're, they're amazing. And Liam Ryan, flying Ryan with... Um, Vardy, he can be a backup as well. Petrocelli, they've added in Alex Witherden, who can go across half-back as well and, and hit some targets. So uh, I just don't see them not finishing in the eight. Yeah, as I said, I, there's something about it that I just... I just I think last year was a sign of things to come. They were, they were super inconsistent last year. They lost against some teams that they really shouldn't have lost against. And they had a lot of those players there. I know that they, they continually were saying, oh, we're out of our hub, we're out of our hub. I just don't – I think that they win half their games and I think it's just not enough for the eight. I think that there is clearly seven teams better than them. Well, you know, there's clearly five teams that are better than them, probably six, you know, and you can probably push it out to the other two for, for battling for it. But as I said, they finish on equal wins as the eighth team, 0.9 behind Carlton. So they, they could easily just, you know, swing in through percentage. But, yeah, at the moment or for the start of the season, I just don't have them in there. So you've got Carlton there as your eighth team, obviously, who yep. we've already spoken about. And um, Gold Coast, who my eighth team, who we've already spoken about as well. And I've got them in those finals and I can see the big smile on your face. I after love it. I love it. Jumping on board the Suns for many, many years. But that eighth spot down to 14th, as I said, that's my, that's my next tier. So that's my tier four teams. So I've still got three tiers above them. So everybody else that I haven't mentioned yet, the top seven, I've broken them into three tiers as well. Yeah, it's very interesting because the top six for me, super clear top six. The order could completely change. Uh, I could easily see the team finishing six. I've got finishing top, and I could see the team finishing top, finishing probably second actually. So, uh, but, but the order is yet to be determined. But I would put a, a lot of money on having these six teams in the top six. Wow, that's um, that's pretty crazy considering uh, one of my top six teams is not even in your in your eight. So no. GWS, I had finishing seven. Yeah, one of one of my top six teams oh, the, the is not West Coast, in your West Coast. Eight. Yep, sorry, yep. My, so, my apologies. So well, eight. let's get onto it. Who who'd you have? So I've got. I'll, I'm going to speak about two teams. So this is my tier three teams finishing sixth and seventh, and it's St Kilda and the Western Bulldogs. Seventh finishing Sydney, uh, St Kilda, or St Kilda would finish on top of them sixth, and Bulldogs seventh. All right, let, let's talk, let's let's talk about the Saints first because I've got Saints the Saints at six, and I think that that that's hundred percent right. I think their list is really good. They showed a lot of promise last year. I think their fixtures really favourable. You can talk a lot more about them, but I think that they are a team that is exciting to watch. They've got a lot of players that took the, the the next step last year, and I think that a lot of the players will take that. They continue to continue to get better. Uh, I like their forward line: Rowan Marshall, Max King, Mister Butler. They're, they're, it's really disappointing that they're they're. Um, that Paddy Ryder's going to be out for a little bit of the season, the start of the season, um, but their midfield got better. They've got Brad Crouch, you know, you've got your mate Hunter Clark, who I think really is going to solidify in that midfield. Definitely. Jack Steele's an absolute gun, and, and Bradley Hill, who was inconsistent, he can build some consistency in there, as long as with, you know, with Hanawiri as well. They're, they're a very elite midfield with, with a mixture of experience, skill level, and exciting young talent. They've they got good talent and um, they're actually changing up their position. Jack Sinclair, we saw him at halfback in the preseason as well. Jimmy Webster, forgotten man, he actually can come back into the lineup if he can get into the best 22. Nick Caulfield, amazing set marker. Ben Long goes hard at the footy. Dougal Howard and Callum Wilkie, not 
household name source, but Dougal Howard is a absolutely good, good defenders because uh, they just get the job done. And the forward line, I've told you, Max King's kicking sixty goals this year, and uh, I definitely believe that. The centre half forward position is is where they're going to struggle a little bit. If if Tim Membry can uh, keep that spot and do that, do they bring in a Sean McKernan to try and do that? I don't believe they're going to bring a North reject like Mason Wood to be a permanent member of the team. But uh, what about we, your man Loney as a centre half <laughs> forward? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. We'll that's get a, that's we'll an in joke. Sorry, lads. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Loney. You'll get in the ruck uh, because we don't have a ruckman at the moment. But yeah, I, I just think that. They can finish six. I know a lot of people are talking them up. They they probably could compete for the top four if they win two or three games early that they're not meant to win. And then they go, bang, we're on here. But I, I don't see it happening at the moment. Six building and the list is still on the rise. It's not like they're at the end of their window. They're just starting. They just won a final last year yeah. and they've got to continue to go up. They've yeah. got to really compete in that second week of finals this year to have any success. And I think it's even it starts before that, Pez, because the, the final and the way that that played out was an absolute pinnacle, an absolute summary of your season. And it's the biggest thing that you need to get over in order to be a legitimate flag contender is consistency within games. And against the top teams. Against everyone, though, because you, you were pretty poor against some of those bottom sides because, you know, you look at the game against the Western Bulldogs in, in that final, dominate, dominated them for, what, three quarts of a game, and you put the cue in the rack with 10 minutes to go and you almost gave up a, a, a gimme of a final. And against the good teams, you let it slip away. Against the bad teams, you let it slip away too. We did North round one or two. Fremantle six six games up. Fremantle six, six games up, up. Six games up. Six games against North. Well, that'll That's get, what that'll it get is. you into the top four. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Fremantle as well. Six goal lead, and they they gave it up both times there. So um, Carl- Carlton as well. I think you had it against Carlton, where I think this first quarter you had a pretty decent lead, but you ended up getting over them by ten points in the end. But oh, probably pretty easy against Carlton. <laughs> I would have. Imagined. I, I don't remember any funny business air source, but um, six and my seventh team, uh, the Western Bulldogs. Do you have them there as well? Do you know what's really funny? When I did my ladder predictor of where they finished, the, the Bulldogs for me are a team that continually has had excuses. And when I did my when I, I did my ladder predictor on wins alone, I had them finishing second. Right, their list is really good. I think that they're very poorly coached. And I think that they've got players in there that for the last five, six years have just been coasting. Their list is elite. And I think the one thing that really suits the, the Western Bulldogs is this new 50-metre rule, or the, sorry, the, the man-on-the-mark rule, because what it allows is it allows a lot of their half-backers to, to really push the football. They've got two of the best half-backers in, in the whole league. Caleb Daniels, one of the best kicks in the football, Bailey Williams. Marcus Bontempelli... We said this last yeah, Bailey year. Bailey Williams isn't a halfbacker, though. He's, he, he's a midfielder. He's, he's named on the halfback. That's where he starts. That's where he, he gets named on. Now, with when you've got uh, what's his face that goes in there. Because, you know, they're, they're followers. You've got Bailey Smith, Josh Dunkley, Lockie Hunter, Tom Liberatore, Jack McRae, Adam Trelaw. That is a stacked, stacked midfield. And if they can work out how to get the ball moving forward, not lateral, they'll win a lot of games and they will blow teams out quickly. I still don't know where all their goals come from, but I think a lot of their goals will end up coming from the midfield or just off that run. I think that uh, I think that Marcus Bontempelli, this is the year where he, he needs to stop being so touted as a flirting with, the, with a brilliant footballer. 
He needs to be in Brownlow best form because he's teased us enough. He he's not, hasn't got potential now. He needs to be starting to taking that next step. And for me, he needs to be one of the top five players in every Western Bulldogs game. Not just the last quarter, not just when he pops up as one of the elite forwards. He needs to be really dominating. And I think with that midfield, he's going to really be able to, to run wild, similar to like Dusty Martin. I think that's the thing. And the hype is all around the midfield. And I do agree that it's a very, very strong midfield, especially with the big inclusion. You've got, you've got Adam Trelaw, obviously, but an b- even bigger collusion, uh, inclusion for mine is Stefan Martin yep. from the Brisbane Lions. I know he's 32 years old. If you can keep him on the park, it's kind of like a Paddy Ryder at St Kilda. That's absolutely amazing for you because you can put the young bloke, Tim English, down there. He gets He's, he's too thin still, gets dominated in the ruck around need, the needs ground. To, needs to learn to take an overhead mark, Locke. Needs, needs to do something. Um, and I think their weakness, and we spoke about it in the fan question episode uh, in the off-season source, I don't see where their goals are coming from and I don't like their defence. I like their, their Caleb Daniel, their Jason Johannesson and the run they give. But they're, they're, not, actual defen- they're defense. not defenders. Yeah. They're not defenders. And Alex Keith... I don't know if he's up to it uh, against, you know, the top six teams. Ryan Gardner, uh, I'm a bit nervous about their defence. So they're really focusing on winning the ball in the midfield and going forward. If they don't win the ball in the midfield, I can't see him winning that game. So. And especially one of the defenders, Crozier, is down for two months. He's going to have surgery, so he's out for the first two months. But... You're right. You know, if it, I like the move of, of them acquiring Adam Trelaw. That's a great one. Obviously, they were trying to pick up some other players as well. They could not to be. He, he offers a lot of run in there. But we spoke about this in the preseason show. Is it too many people, too many mouths to feed in there? If they can work out how to be a football club that worries about just getting the ball forward and just running the ball, they'll kick a lot of goals from that midfield. But this is this is a problem. Yes. The AFL media are going to be going, oh, 100%. Josh Dunkley... He only got 12 disposals on the weekend where all the other midfielders had 20 plus. Is Josh Dunkley struggling for a spot? And the pressure is going to come on the yep. Bulldogs through that because maybe everyone can't get over, over 20 each time. But I think the most important player for the Western Bulldogs is not Trelaw, not Bontempelli, not Stefan Martin, Aaron Norton. Mm-hmm. The big forward, he needs to actually show, show something. He needs to kick a bag of, he needs to kick at least two goals a game. And then he needs to kick bags in those games where they need to win. Because if they don't get goals from somewhere, are they going to get them from Josh Bruce? Western Bulldogs fans thought they were at the beginning of last season, but now they don't even want him in the 22 from the no. ones I speak to. So um, can Josh hey, Bruce hey, he improve? he kicked seven goals last year, man. Yeah, six in one game. <laughs> <laughs> no, so for me, like when I originally did him, I had him finishing second and uh, I just, I moved him down to finishing fourth. For me, I think that, they are going to be young and hyped with a lot to prove. And as I said, I really hope that Marcus Bontempelli can take that next step because when he is up and about, he's so exciting to watch. I, I don't think that they'll make any sort of noise in September. Like they could be a straight sets, straight sets exit, but they play Eddie had really well. They, they'll have a favourable draw, favourable draw because the AFL wants the Western Bulldogs to be successful. So I've got them finishing fourth. That's, that's surprising to me. I'd bank on St Kilda finishing above the Western Bulldogs. I'd take that action. What are we going to put on that? Slab of the best. Yeah, slab of the very best. Let's get that done. That's on uh, That's on the podcast source, so you can't get out of giving me a slab at the end of the oh, season. Yeah? I, I always uh, pay up my bets, <laughs> mate. I always pay up. There's uh, up to six. So now I've got the top five source. I've already spoken about this team and so have you. I'll put the West Coast. They're actually in my second tier teams with, with what I spoke about before, with all that talent that they've actually got, um, the way they can play. They play a lot of games over at home. I know you're... Bit worried about the teams they do play over their source, but I think they can get their act together. 
finished fifth and vie for a top four spot, but just miss out and uh, finish fifth and be a, a little bit above uh, St Kilda and Western Bulldogs. All right, well that brings us uh, the round out the my fifth team, I guess, because you've obviously got this team in the top four. I think that they are still one of the best teams in the league, but the issue is that winning four premierships in a row is very, very, very hard. I've got Richmond Tigers finishing fifth. Oh. Mainly because... You're going for the big calls, aren't you? No, it's not a big call because you look at the teams when they start to get to this this part of the career of their, their dynasties. They don't need to finish top. They need to finish top four. I don't think that they do. I think... I, but no, no, you're right. Sorry, it's a lie. They don't need to finish top, but they would like to finish top four. But I think that there, there's a couple of holes starting to, to pipe through. You know, we've got... You know, Hardwick's got a, a bit of pressure on them. There's a couple of players there that are having some social issues uh, over the end of last year. They are backing it up. They are the hunted. They do it very well. The only concern for me is that they do get the MCG back as a home ground. Uh, and that is really something that we didn't get to see last year. But I think that they're... And honestly, Pez... I, you could easily talk me into saying that they're one of the top teams in the league. They'll finish top because their list is unbelievably good in terms of the talent around the ground works together. <laughs> like isolated players, they haven't got anything really, you know, too stand out except for probably their forward line in Tom Lynch and Jack Martin, those twin towers. It's not Jack, Jack Martin, Rewalt. sorry. Jack Rewalt that seem to work out. And, of course, you've got Dusty Martin in there. Everything else, you know, it sort of, it sort of fits in here and there. But for me, I just don't think that they care too much about the regular season. They'll turn it on probably about round 17. But, unfortunately for them, they might be just too many couple of wins behind. They'll finish yeah. fifth. I'd call you crazy for – I'd call anyone crazy for putting Richmond outside the top four uh, coming into 2021. But everyone that listens to this show already knows that you're crazy with your prediction source. So you got them out, out at fifth. Um, yeah, oh, I'm not backing you there. I don't, no, that's don't fine. have that's any. Fine. That's fine. I think – as I said, I, I think it's one of those, those things that if the Bulldogs do what the Bulldogs should do with that list – because you know, if you look at that list, if they if they do what they should do, then they should win a lot of games. And uh, well, see, you look at the Richmond list. If I put them two side by side, Richmond Bulldogs, yeah, that'd be a massive. I'm I'm in Richmond by three to four goals, hundred percent. But if they if they are vying for uh, their first premiership, Richmond fly them off the floor. We see it with every dynasty. You look at the Brisbane one, the Geelong one. You look at those other teams that 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 have been up there for long times. Hawthorne, when, when they start to get to the, the end of the, the, the dynasty, which you have to say that it's starting to come up. But they also start to get those players that are you know older and past their prime. You look at the Richmond list there, they work so well together. They're, they're quite a young side. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they could be the anomaly for the system, but I'm going on history and... Well, and we'll see. We, 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 you know, in uh, that's the best thing about it. In and a lazy twenty four weeks, we'll see. <laughs> this is my favorite thing about the letter predictions because look at look at both of us and the people listening here will go. Pez is just disagreeing with these things that Source is no, saying no, and like, calling him out on it, and Source is disagreeing with Pez and going, you know what? This is what I've chosen. At the end of the year, I'll either have egg on my face or I'll be uh, right. You know. You might get one right. You might get one wrong. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you, you can have egg on your face, mate, all you want, because I'll be drinking their very best, mate, with, with, with the St Kilda and uh, the, the doggies bet. Hey, the Saints have finished higher <laughs> than the Bulldogs. This is going to be an ongoing thing for the season. Uh, so that gets us to our top four. Now, our top four, I've got the three and four. They round out my second tier. And then I've got the two teams at the top source who I rate as a first tier team in the AFL. Uh, third, I've got your Pussycats, uh, Geelong. And fourth, I'm going for Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide? Yes. That's really interesting because I, I when you say top two tiers, I actually have those two teams 
uh, Geelong and Port Adelaide as my top two tiers. In the top, I have I have them as the top tier, the top tier, the top tier of clubs. Yep. So let's go from. Uh, well, I guess you want to talk about third. So let's let's go. We had fourth as uh, who? Geelong, Port Adelaide. Port, let's go Port Adelaide because I've got them finishing top. I I, I like their inclusion of Alia Alia. I know. They've got the home games over at Adelaide Oval. Um, Ollie Wines had a really good season. They've got those younger guys. Charlie Dixon was a really good um, forward up there. But I feel like they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves to, to finish really high and a lot of pressure is on Ken Hinckley. And I just think those games that they play away this season, that they're not going to gonna win enough to get top four is what I'm saying. So it's not like they're a poor side or anything. I think they're a quality side. I don't think they can get it done in September, but I do think they can squeeze into the top four. They could be one of those uh, uh, straight sets exits though. Oh, wow. I, I think that they, uh, they, they looked good last year and I think that the absolute opposite, I think, Pez. I think everyone, no one rates Port Adelaide and I think they're going to be using that as motivation as, hey, no one expected us to, to finish uh, top last year. Everyone chose us to, to go out in straight sets last year. Um, they're coming back and they've gotten better. They added Orazio Fantasia and if he can continue that form that he showed on the weekend and he can play consistent games, he looks amazing. Their forward line, we talked about a couple of teams we don't know where the goals are coming from. The ball's kicked anywhere. <laughs> Listen to some of these names there. Like Connor Rosie, who, who's going to miss the first couple of weeks with some surgery. Elective surgery. Think about that, Pez. They're choosing to a young player to do elective surgery. That's how confident on their, their list is. Todd Marshall, your man, Todd Marshall. Toddy Marshall. Zach Butters, who was on the on the cusp of uh, an AFL um, All Australian. Robbie Gray, love Robbie Gray. Amazing. Charlie Dixon, the big the big man with a beard. Uh, you know he probably needs to start to to hold on to a few more and kick up more snags. The only concern that I've got with them is their, their, their midfield and, you know, probably their, their All-Australian last year was Travis Boak. Can he do the same again at 33? You'd probably see Rockcliffe drop off a bit. But the young players around their ground, you know, Tom Jonas, Tom Clurie, Darcy Byrne-Jones, they also added a Lear Lear who seems to fit into that absolutely Perfect. I think he fits really well into Port Adelaide. He actually. does. Yeah. He really does. And then you've got the, you know, the other, the other. We haven't even talked about their their main sort of uh, their main sort of uh, followers and their centres. Ollie Wines, mate, he is an absolute beast. I really see him having a big big sort of jump. Carl Amon, just the absolute little bullet. And Xavier Dersman, I think that they're stacked all around the ground. I haven't even gone into the interchange yet. Like you know, Dan Houston, Pal Pepper, and they've got really good ruck like Laddens. He showed like some really, really good stink last year. They've also got Georgie Alice who, who play things. Your man, the long boot, Kane Farrell. Ah, uh, Farrell, mate. I, I think. Can he get a spot? Well, that's the, on on the thing that I'm looking here. He's on the brink, and he was one of their startups last year. I think that uh, I just think that they're going to be out there with something to prove. And I've got him finishing top. Yep, you got to win enough games, finishing top. There you go. Easily. Spoiler alert. So you got Port Adelaide top. I've got them fourth. I've got Geelong third source, and they've got some great recruits. They've they've gone all in, pushed all the chips into the middle of the table. Jeremy Cameron, come on down. Sean Higgins, uh, quite old after a career at the Bulldogs and uh, North Melbourne, but if he can stay there, he still is an amazing. He has amazing skills around the ground, and Isaac Smith. He's ready to go. He's ready to run down that wing at Cadinia Park. Uh, and, you know, you've got Patrick Dangerfield in your team. You, you're looking to go on the up as well. So they've got all Australian potential everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's just... Well, last, last year they had one at every spot. Yep. So all the main positions. So do Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron work around that? Gary Rowan needs to continue his late season form. Uh, 
it, they're a good side. So that's why I've got them third. Like um, I, I can't argue for them to finish out the top four. I can't see it. Yeah, I've got them finishing third as well. Um, one of the advantages Geelong has, as as a lot of people will know, is obviously they play a third of their games in Geelong, which are just walk-up starts. So there's there's six wins straight up. The other sort of, you know, what, third of them, they play at the MCG or, or uh, at Etihad against some of those lower Melbourne sides. So there's going to be enough wins for that. And Geelong are actually a pretty decent sort of travelling side. They, yeah, they, play, they play pretty well over in Adelaide. They give Perth, they're normally pretty decent for half a game. They always seem to struggle in Brisbane. But uh, Sydney and, and the other states, they're a pretty decent sort of start. My only concern for them is they're an ageing side. They're one of those sides, and they always have, and that's one of the reasons that they are at the top, is they continually rest guys. And they bring in some young names, and that's the issue is that some of these young names are really, really good footballers and we need to get more games into them, but we continually top up. But their list is amazing. Like, like their list is all, all Australian talent everywhere. They're, they were a dominant side. They were they, you know, runners-up last year. They, they have potential to finish you know, in, in the top two. I've got them finishing third just because I just think that they rest players. Like We already know that they're, they're resting a lot of players in, in round one against Adelaide, in Adelaide. And that could be a mistake. Well, yeah, well, this is the thing. Age is is going to be a factor. Yep. And are they going to do what was in, in the AFL a few years ago is just do that resting and do that little bit more rotation of the list. And they can use COVID as an excuse as well. And yep. um, it's not as frowned upon these days to just go, you know what, he's resting. Yeah, This player's resting because... He's, he's older and his hamstrings hurt, so he's he's going to have a rest. But I've got him third, you've got him third, which means we know who your top two are. You've got Brisbane at second. Mm-hmm. I've got Richmond at second, who we already spoke about earlier. I don't see them dropping off. I could see them going down to fourth, possibly, yeah, with any of those teams. Fifth, yeah. <laughs> not, not fifth. But if, if they want to win and they want to switch on, I think they can. And finals footy, it's going to be very, very hard to beat Richmond, no matter if they're in a, in, going for a dynasty or not. But it brings me to my first team, your second team source, even with that injury to Cam Rayner with the with the ACL out for the season. I've got the Brisbane Lions finishing on top uh, with the recruit of Joe Danaher. Yeah. Do you know, I find Brisbane one of the most interesting teams because they're a really good regular season team and they seem to rack up the wins. They've made Brisbane a fortress. They travel pretty decently to, to all other places except for Melbourne. But they just don't seem to, to do the damage in, in, in the finals. I know the first year they went out in straight sex. Last year they lost to um, Geelong in that prelim that after beating Richmond and showing a pretty impressive performance for Beat most the of the game. Beat the premiers yeah, at the eventual I, I, I know, but I just, I just find them so interesting because they're so stacked, they're so inaccurate and they're so erratic in the way that they go in, which is scary because it could result in 70 goals. And this is why I've got them first source. That inaccuracy that they had... Yeah. And they still finished up there. So they, they still finished second. I know. That inaccuracy, I think they can go to first, playing all those games at the Gabba uh, and adding Joe Danaher, if he can kick straight as well and help fix that forward line, that is up and ready to go. They've got so many players fighting for position. They're in a really healthy spot and really well coached as well by Fagan. Oh, really, really coached. Uh, so oh, as I, was saying, I can't I, see him finishing I, lower than top four. I, I totally agree with you. I've got him finishing second. Um, but but for me, I just they, I find them really interesting because they have so much potential to blow everyone out of this league because they have so much scoring potential. They went and added, you know, they went and added Danaher. They also added uh, Nakaya Cockatoo, who's a, an electric sort of small forward. You wait for him to actually start. Okay, you wait till he actually starts playing the football, yeah. and especially with Rainer now out. If he can get healthy, that's almost a walk-up start for him. 
they're stacked across everything. You know, they're, they're midfield. You've got the, the reigning Brownlow medalist. You've got uh, Jared Berry. I don't know how he ended up slipping past the Gold Coast and coming in over to, to, to bloody Brisbane. But they, they get, they're strong all over the ground. One Harris, of the best defenders, yeah. Harris Andrews, um, they were talking about like Danaher for his first couple of weeks back at his new club. Who would be the one person he would hate to play against? And they're like, well, probably out of the whole league, the only person that would he'd probably fear would be Harris Andrews. And he's up the other end. So <laughs> not only is that training-wise, he's going to be better because, because he's, he's playing on an elite forward. And as well as that, Harris Andrews is going to really make Joe, Dan- Joe Danaher a lot better. So it's so scary their potential. It? Yeah. So one and two, you can't. Uh, blame that There's usually a couple of wins away Or a win away Percentage away And that will round out Our ladder source So uh, We might just go through it uh, Very quickly Just for the listeners We'll sum it up And then we'll post it to socials uh, uh, During the week Before round one And get everyone to To comment and say And help me Disagree with source And tell him <laughs> that he's crazy Because My top four source I've got Brisbane Richmond, Geelong, Port Adelaide. Who's your top four? My top four is Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Geelong and the Doggies. So to round out my top eight, West Coast, St Kilda, Bulldogs and Gold Coast. I have Richmond, St Kilda, GWS and Carlton. And we'll just read the bottom ten teams (laughs) straight away really quickly. GWS, Fremantle, Carlton, Sydney, Melbourne, Collingwood, Essendon, Hawthorne, Adelaide and North. And in a similar sort of order, minus West Coast (laughs) and Gold Coast, I've got West Coast, Gold Coast, Melbourne, Fremantle, Sydney, Hawthorne, Essendon, Collingwood, North Melbourne and the Crows. Well, now, Source, I know I really enjoyed that and I really enjoyed your little... What I, what I would call left field and <laughs> what you would call uh, what you actually think is going to happen. So hopefully the listeners uh, really enjoyed that discussion and they're probably sitting there in their cars or at home and going, what are they going on about? I do not agree with them at all. If you don't, the best thing about it, you can get in touch, get involved on Twitter at Behind the Bound, Instagram at Behind the Bound and Behind the Boundary uh, on Facebook. So Source, less than one week till footy. Oh, it's exciting. I'm getting really exciting. The NRL has just done it there. And make sure you get involved in our Behind the Boundary 2021 loser competition. Prize pool is going to be over $800. Uh, There were 40 contestants last year, only lasted six rounds, picking one loser a week. We've also got a podcast that we have released uh, that will just be talking about that and the certain rules and things like that. So listen to that. It goes for about seven or eight minutes, Source, and uh, get involved. Get your friends involved. Uh, If they don't listen to the show, tell them, Tell them how good the show is and tell them how, <laughs> how much Source does not know about footy oh, and uh, mate. we'll continue to go. I, <laughs> what, I've been pez What a terrible <laughs> podcast if we just sat here and agreed with everyone, mate. The idea of a podcast is to bring opinions there and it's, it's really unfortunate that you don't believe in the right opinions and you can't say anything because you've already said goodbye. I'm still Source. We'll catch up next time. Footy is six days away. Pez is right. Source is wrong. Nope. <laughs> no.